Welcome back, friends, to the next episode of Asystematic Theology, where we are finding God outside of the box. There's an old saying that says two things are guaranteed in life, death and taxes. And I don't think we really like either of them. But in the last episode, I discussed the concepts of current life expectancy rates, radical life extension, and really preparing your children for the 22nd century. Because current research is doing its best to try and curb death at, at all possible cost for really for lengthy periods of time or even indefinitely. But there's always two sides to every coin. And we as maturing Christians have to live in surround sound. We have to look at both sides of the coin and really listen to both sides of the dialogue that are coming from both ends of the spectrum and pull those two things into tension and and really live within that tension to move forward. So on the flip side of that conversation from last episode about radical life extension lays the very real understanding that Someday, we will die, regardless of our age, our race, our socioeconomic status, our geographic location, our job title, however many possessions we have, um, or any other variable. All of us will one day end up as a worm buffet. Plain and simple, we're going to die. Except, in the Bible, we see the stories of both um, Enoch and Elijah, who who never tasted death, and really the post-biblical midrash, uh, Jewish midrash, actually lists eight people that never tasted death. Um, so outside of those exceptions, the rest of us fall under that category of those who are eventually going to kick the bucket and die. Um, but there's this old Latin Christian theory and practice called memento mori, which translated means remember that you will die. I actually came across this saying, um, this particular phrase, memento mori, um, through an ad in my Instagram feed. And then I began to um, to research it some more and just kind of get that understanding of what it means. Um, and it was actually often depicted in art through the use of skulls as just this reminder of death. Uh, they used skulls and skeletons as, as really this reminder that remember that you will die. Um, and if you search that term, memento more, 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 however you want to say it, you can find some pretty morbid and really kind of gruesome stuff about death. Um, and you can also find this like fascination and, and just focus on death. But in reality, this concept was never meant to be uh, like a morbid way of thinking and just dwelling on death and just being, I guess, what some people would consider gothic and, and solemn and downtrodden and just thinking about death all of the time. Um, rather, it was actually a means of considering really the transient nature of our earthly life and our earthly pursuits in light of life death, and, and ultimately eternity. And so the concept, memento mori, is meant to really inspire us to live each day with the understanding that one day 
we will die regardless of our place in society, whether we are the richest, the poorest, uh, if we're black, purple, white, green, yellow, brown, doesn't matter. I mean, if you're purple, you might want to go get that checked out because there might be something wrong. Or if you're green, you might be sick or have an infection. So if you're any of those like odd colors, get them checked out. But regardless of if you're purple, green, brown, black, white, doesn't matter. We're all going to die one day. And really, this kind of goes back and ties into Scripture as well, because Scripture regularly reminds us to consider our days and, and to consider them as a mist. Psalm 39.4 says, O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Job 14, 1. Man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. James 4, 14. For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Finally, Hebrews 9, 27. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. These are just a few samples from Scripture that just kind of remind us of the, the transientness of, of our life, that we are just sojourning through this life on earth, and that really one day we are going to die. Um, and I will put a link to uh, uh, just a, a search of Scriptures that kind of remind us about the brevity of life. But the philosopher Epictetus would point out the surest mark of the base and cowardly is not death, but the fear of death. And he would really beg his students to discipline themselves against such fear. Um, and I think we fear death both because of its finality and really because of the unknown. Um, but in Christ, we don't have to live in fear of death. We can... We can appreciate death and live in expectation of death. And we can use death as a motivator to live life fully and intentionally. And we can live the practice of memento mori that we can remember that one day we must die. Wim Hof is this Dutch extreme athlete and he's really noted for his ability to withstand extreme cold um, I think he still holds the Guinness World Record for running a half marathon, I believe, in the snow, barefooted. Um, crazy. But he's got this entire method of breathing and withstanding cold temperatures called the Wim Hof Method. And I'll put a link to him as well in the show notes. Um, but he had this to say about the fear of death. He said, we fear death because we don't understand the purpose of this life think about that. We fear death because we don't understand the purpose of this life. And that's really the whole reasoning behind memento mori is that we're going to die one day. And so we have to live with a purpose in this life. And when we live without a purpose, we die this slow, painful death each day. And so the idea of our final death really scares us. And, and our purpose in life is not wrapped up in a what rather our purpose in life is always wrapped up in a who and i've i've written on this before but we aren't called to a what every 
Every purpose in our life is for a who, is for a person. And we see this regularly throughout Scripture. And I'll, I'll link to that article where you can read more about that. But when, we, when our purpose drives us into deeper care for people and community, we really come alive in ways that we never knew. We are able to endure even the most physically and spiritually destitute situations. And this is why the Apostle Paul was really able to continue his missionary work through uh, stonings, beatings, shipwrecks, imprisonment, and really God knows what else. I mean, he was he endured some of the most crazy things, but he was driven both by a who and for a who. Because Paul was driven by the spirit of Christ that dwelled within him, but he was driven for the Gentile people that did not know Christ. And so he was driven for these people. It wasn't a what of this is my work that I'm going to do. This is the, the missionary trip that I'm going to define my life with. But it was, he was driven for a who, for a people. And so the fear of death was never a hindrance for Paul, but it was a, a motivator that he wanted to accomplish in his life before he died. And this is why he said later in his letter to the Philippians, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain because death was this motivator. It was, man, if I'm alive, I, I'm, I get to share Christ with the Gentiles. But if I die, man, I get to be with Christ fully. And so living was an opportunity to share in the life of Christ expressed on the earth. And Paul also knew that one day he would die. And that day would be a gain because he would dwell with the Lord fully. Uh, Mother Teresa is, is really said to have lived in silence the last 50 years of her life, that she lived in silence from God, during which she felt no presence of God whatsoever. But her continual goal was to see Jesus magnified and herself seen less. She was able to live in the extremes of the slums of Calcutta without fear of death because she was driven by a who. These people that were living in these slums and these people, she was driven both by God, but also by a passion for these people. And she was motivated to make as big of a difference in Calcutta before her death. And so this, this idea of doing as much as we can before we die... Um, really, we can look at uh, Marcus Aurelius once wrote, do everything as if it were the last you were doing in your life. Think about that. Do everything as if it were the last you were doing in your life. If you went to work today, would this be the last day you went to work? If you're at home with your family, are you treating it as the last day that you may get to have with your family? And we can get distracted by these made-up obligations in our minds that we think we have to meet and that we have to do. But really, there are some things that are, that are more important to do before we die. And that we should always do everything as if it were the last you were doing in your life. And so life is full of wins and losses, but, but we can't really allow either of these things to go to our head. And sometimes 
and we've we've all seen those people that the winds just go to their head. Um, but we all end up in the grave. And it's said that in ancient Rome, a victorious general would actually be paraded through the city and riding in his chariot, he would also have a slave that would, that would stand behind him and he would whisper in his ear. And my Latin is a little rusty. Um, I haven't taken Latin since high school and I really didn't learn a whole lot then, so I'm going to do my best. Respice post te hominem te esse memento, memento mori which basically translates, look behind, remember, thou art mortal. Remember, you must die. So even at the height of this Roman general's um, victory, when he's being paraded through town and really idolized, he kept a slave in uh, in his chariot to just remind him that, hey, this this is transient. You're still going to die. And so our goal is to live every day to the fullest. May we be reminded that one day we must die. We don't fear death. We don't idolize death, nor do we uh, morbidly dwell on it. Rather, rather, we remember our days are limited and we should be motivated by death to live every day to the fullest for God and for the people around us. Let us experience life and all that it has to offer every day. I like how Thomas, uh, Hunter Thomas put it. He said, life is not a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. I just imagine, like, when you watch baseball, you can see the guy sliding into the base. And just this illustration that Hunter Thomas uses, just sliding into the grave of, Wow, what a ride. And so I say again, memento mori. Whether we live for 20 years or 200 years, let us live life to the fullest. And maybe we remember that one day we must die. In Seneca, uh, in the words of Seneca, he said, let us prepare our minds as if we've come to the very end of life. Let us postpone nothing. Let us balance life's books each day. The one who puts the finishing touches on their life each day is never short of time. And this kind of goes back to the quote from Marcus Aurelius, do everything as if it were the last you were doing in your life. So every day, balance the books of your life. Um, So how are you motivated by death? Are you fearful of death? Are you motivated by death? Are you motivated by it to live fully each day? How does this Um, this statement and this philosophy and this way of thinking, memento mori, how does that motivate you to remember that you will die, that you must die, and that you are to live life fully each and every day? Let me know in a comment. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend. All right, guys, until next time, peace.